Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Orange and Brown Report. This is your Thursday edition. We are coming at you guys um, in the middle of what is an interesting debate about the Browns' situation and contracts because, again, as this season gets closer, we get a little less certain it's going to happen and we get a little more eye on what could be happening down the road with how the Browns organize and structure some things. So I'm excited about what we're going to have today. Again, we are presented by our presenting sponsor here, Blue Wire, betonline.ag. Make sure you're going there using the welcome bonus that you get by using the promo code Blue Wire. Bet on all the action they have going on with sports that have returned, PGA, UFC, NASCAR, many more. Online options available 24 7, blackjack, poker, many more there. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Blue Wire, and get that welcome bonus today. I'm going to welcome in Brent Sobleski, a part of us here at the OBR. Love what he's doing with the draft and many more uh, Ask the Insider opportunities that he is able to provide you guys. Also, a uh, national NFL writer for the uh, Bleacher Report, as you know. So, well, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, as always. And I forewarn, I'm entering enemy territory as of this weekend. So, something to look forward to, not necessarily for the Origin Brown Report, but something I will be reporting as of next week which will have a little bit to do with some guy named Lamar Jackson. So a little inside view on where he is as a player and how he continues to improve. And, and even though that's Baltimore Ravens-centric, it's something I'm throwing out there for our listening audience, mainly because if you know, you got to know thy enemy, right, Jay? Absolutely. You absolutely do. And that's why we had, you know, John Stephenson's road on defending their running game. The Browns have to, you know – for, for good or bad, they have to look at shaping the next 10 years of their defense around stopping that guy two times a year and finding a way to beat him to win the division. So I'll be fascinated to read that. And as much as I can consume on Lamar and how they plan to keep using him, how he's improving some of his sound bites, I'm always fascinated by them. So, uh, guys, make sure you're paying attention to that. You'll find that on uh, Sobo's Twitter feed. Make sure you're following him there. And I'm going to present an interesting dynamic to him tonight, which is, you know, the Browns have been – um, you know, all over the place on players all offseason. Genevieve and Clowney, um, and I'm talking just post-free agency, after the moves they've made. They've been linked to Everson Griffin, many others. The newest name that's out there that is going to be traded. It seems like this happens every offseason. One big name demands a trade. It ends up happening. Uh, what was it, two years ago was Minka Fitzpatrick. This past year, who, who knows? Maybe that was last year. I, I'm losing track at this point. I think it was last year. And then you got Genevieve and Clowney, among many others. It happens every year. Seems to keep happening. Jamal Adams is the next name up. Browns fans are going to debate whether he fits. He's not on there. The, the Browns are not on his list. That doesn't mean the Jets are going to turn away anybody who comes with a fantastic offer. So in those discussions, Sobo, people keep bringing up the contract situation the Browns have. They can't afford him. Not only giving up the draft capital, but they can't afford the long-term deal for a guy who might demand 16 17 18 million a year as a top safety in the game. It's what he wants to be paid like, and justifiably so. He's a pretty good player, obviously. Um, but that brings me to where the Browns situation is. The Browns have all these guys that everybody keeps talking about. These guys are going to need deals eventually, right? Like, you know, Baker and, and, 
and uh, Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward and, and Miles Garrett. All these guys are going to need deals. And there's some guys who are going to be on second and third deals that are going to be coming up soon who are going to be of intrigue among guys like Larry Ogunjobi. Jarvis Landry's deal has some outs in it that could potentially be restructured. There are guys that need paid. There's no doubt. But I don't know that everybody is a lock to be paid, Sobo. So I want you to kind of answer this in framework of this question in your own way. When you're looking at the Browns roster, which guys that currently sit today, this is big time projecting less less like knowing, obviously. We're projecting here, but there are some questions around some of these guys who need paid. So to you, who are the most likely guys that are going to need paid based on what you think they're going to do in the next few years? Well, Jake, when you first proposed this topic, I I said, and jokingly referred to the fact that I'd actually have to do some research, which is not my strongest point when I go on the radio. Usually I just go fly from the hip and there's a reason my initials are BS. But when it comes down to it, I sat down, I went through all of the contracts, where they currently stand and where they could currently could potentially go, and I wrote down a list of five possible contract extensions. I wrote down, number one, Miles Garrett, and stop, because that's as far as I got, to be quite honest with you, Jake. And the reason why is because uncertainty beyond that. We can't, we can't forget about what happened, the incident against Mason Randolph, but that was so out of character for Miles Garrett that it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to affect his career long term. We do know that he has shown from the day he stepped on the field, in fact, his first professional snap ever, that he can get after the quarterback and terrorize backfields, and he's one of the very best in the NFL in doing it. That needs to be done this offseason, period. And I know there's people that's argued the opposite because they're not exactly sure where he stands after last year's suspensions. No, you buy low, and so that way you can maximize profit. And that's exactly the way I'm looking at Miles Garrett because we know – that deal is going to get done sooner or later. And it's interesting, and I'm going to go off topic just slightly here, is that while he's negotiating that potential uh, long-term extension, he has the same agent in Buzz Cook as Jadavion Clowney. So there's a little bit of a crossover here when it comes to the Browns' financial aspects of their organization and how they're approaching their defensive front. Now, once you get beyond that point, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say the next two most important would be Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. Now, The thing with those is there's asterisks on both players. Is Baker going to improve like we expect him to under Kevin Stefanski within this offense that both of us feel is great as a performer? And then with Denzel Ward, who we all consider a fantastic talent, someone that has some of the best pure coverage ability in the NFL, but at the same time, is he going to stay healthy? Is it going to have a Joe Hayden effect where you invest a huge contract in him and never quite see him that same player ever again because of injuries taking their toll? And those are legitimate question marks. Beyond that point, I don't know who else you look at. And that's a legitimate question from me to you, Jake, because there are certain guys that you look at that their contracts are up at the end of this year, but they're they were signed to one-year deals. So to give you an example, I'm looking at defensive tackle in particular. You just signed Andrew Billings, one year. Well, how's he going to perform? You have Larry Ogunjobi for one more year. How's he going to perform? He really dipped down last year. Sheldon Richardson, one year after after 2020, where you could release him and save $12 million. What are you going to do at that position? What about Kevin Johnson, who you brought as your nickel corner? One-year deal. What about Carl Joseph, who you brought in as your safety? One-year deal. 
These are all major question marks on these guys. And I hope you notice there's one name I didn't mention because I know it's going to be a huge sticking point for a lot of Browns fans. I did not mention Nick Chubb. And the reason why is simple. I do not believe that this organization, the way that they're currently constructed and want to uh, operate from a philosophical standpoint, is going to make Nick Chubb the highest paid running back in the NFL or close to it. And that's what he deserves on the open market. With that said, if Chubb was open to the possibility of signing early and giving a quote-unquote hometown discount, yes, the Browns would be interested. But at the same time, I don't think they're ever going to put that much of an investment in the running back position because they don't value it to the same degree as other certain organizations, and that's something we've discussed previously. Yeah, and, and then you, you weigh in the cheap potential for some sort of cheap deal that could be long-term for Kareem Hunt, and it makes it even more complicated. I think you're right, so if they don't do... If they don't do an early deal, which I know this front office is kind of keen on um, lockup talent early, if they don't if they don't do that early deal, I suspect it runs a fourth year and into a maybe a franchise tag year or two, and uh, it runs its course. I would be very surprised the second contract. I think the first two guys you mentioned are obviously guys that are the leading candidates, but the caveats you laid out are exactly true. Denzel Ward's health and Baker Mayfield finding consistency. Yes, we can act like we know those things are going to come to fruition, but we don't, and we don't know that it's a lock to happen. And when that happens, you can run yourself into a, I'm afraid to go acquire talent because I think I have things coming up in the future. There's a balance there that has to be stricken, and I think that that's what's most interesting, especially with the rollover cap that's floating there. It's like you can you can argue the draft capital might not be worth it. You can argue a lot of different things about this team right now in terms of looking at a player like, you know, even if it was a long-term deal for Clowney, like, in my opinion, these guys, this team has one player that is a, a guaranteed lock for his next contract and a big contract, and that's Miles. Outside of that, like you said, that's it right now. Does that mean I don't like Baker Mayfield? Absolutely not. I still think he's going to be as good as we all think he can be. I still think Denzel Ward's a fantastic corner, but there are question marks that surround those guys that make you think that these guys are not necessarily locks to be signed to big-time extensions. So there are questions there, and like you said, many guys who are uh, interesting situations with their contract, including Sheldon Richardson, it's just like, I don't know. And I wouldn't look at a guy like Jamal Adams and say, man, I'm afraid to go get him because I'm afraid of what money is going to be available for this team's potential stars down the road. I'm just of the belief that if you have a proven commodity, which Jamal Adams is a proven commodity performance-wise on the football field, that is that is not something up for debate in his three years in the NFL. You can then take it to a different place and say, I'm not comfortable doing both, giving a guy big money and draft capital, but... I just think you can't you can't just look at the money and be afraid, and you can't look at the depth. And I talked about this on yesterday's podcast and say that well, they they have all these young safeties to develop. I don't know if you haven't watched football over the past five years, but the league is changing, and you're playing more defensive backs all the time. And you can find a role for three safeties almost every snap in an NFL game. So don't give me that. Just go get the talent. That's why I'm really interested to hear people's opinion on this. Sobo is like we have this fear of signing these players, and it's like. You don't know if you have to. And I know that the good GMs are able to forecast this stuff and be able to keep an eye on the present and the future, but you just don't know right now when people are acting like they do. Well, one of the things I find interesting, Jake, and having Paul D. Podesta as your chief strategy officer is use that baseball term, quote-unquote, controllable years. 
Obviously, it's a little different in baseball and how their salary structure is made up through their uh, bargaining agreement. But with the NFL, it still applies just in a slightly different manner. If you're looking at Nick Chubb as a perfect example, right? He was a second round pick, meaning he has only four years on a deal. You don't have a fifth round option that first round selections do. So once you get into that fourth year, which would be 2021, beyond that year, you can also use the franchise tag, which would be relatively uh, cheap, uh, you know, based on the market overall. So that gives you two controllable years for Nick Chubb. If you look at the rest of the roster, you look at Jarvis Landry, Jack Conklin, Baker Mayfield, J.C. Treader, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Andy Janovich, Sione Takitaki, Mac Wilson, Austin Seibert. You have these guys controllable years through the 2023 season. You're not in a rush. You can you can bilk this system in a way to where you can stretch out these payments for these monster contracts. Obviously, you're going to have one in Miles Garrett. Hopefully, you have one. And in Baker Mayfield and both of those, if everything goes well, will eclipse one hundred million dollars. Now, obviously, there's a huge asterisk next to Baker by stating as such. But those control years where you can keep the payments down, at least in the short term and potentially add more will be significant for the overall team building. Now, with that said, I do believe that the biggest the biggest hurdle when it comes to Jamal Adams isn't necessarily the contract. It's the overall price for at a non premium position. Look. I know and agree 100% with you, Jake, that you're going to utilize three to four safeties at at an all-time high. And we've already seen Joe Woods come up publicly and say he's going to use big nickel a lot this year. He has stated such during his uh, meeting with the local media. And Bill Belichick himself has said that the safety position continues to change and that they like to utilize that certain position. defender for his flexibility go look how Patrick Chung was used look how Deron Harmon was used before he was traded to the Detroit Lions and you can certainly capitalize on Jamal Adams and maximize his worth in the system that Cleveland wants to utilize and by the way add another LSU product but it comes down to more than just contract comes down to are you willing to potentially give up a first round pick another first round pick or second round pick Joe Douglas ain't no dummy when it comes to uh, talent acquisition. That's Look, a good point. This was Mike, if this is Mike McCagnan when he was still leading the Jets and Adam Gase was getting getting his say for everything he wanted to do, then sure, I'd say this was feasible. But I'm not sure that's the case with Douglas leading the way. He is going to do what, what it takes for that organization to get what Adams is actually worth on the market, and it's a lot. All right, before we separate on Adams, I'm interested, man. I, I – uh... That's a great point about Jets management change and how this new group especially will will certainly not let them get the boat run past them on this deal that so many others in this situation have done. Um, But I'll ask you this. I I honestly, and I don't think you think this either, I don't think he ends up coming to Cleveland. Where do you think Jamal Adams ends up landing? If if Douglas does back off his request or his trade demands a little bit. I think the team that'd be most likely willing to to depart with those type of assets would probably be the Dallas Cowboys. It just, it just seems to make the most sense to me. They've already been sniffing around. They already have inquired about him, and it just seems like Jerry Jones is always looking for that big move. Now, 
to me, that's counterproductive because now you have a quarterback under the franchise tag that have, now holds all the leverage and you're stuck as an organization. So why not go out and get one of the best safeties in the NFL? You know, you have decided not to put $100 million plus in your quarterback. Might as well spend it somewhere. <laughs> that, that If they end up going out trading for, for Adams and signing him before Dak, man, that would be – Whew, that would be quite interesting, man. Listen, any other thing for Browns fans before we separate, my friend? No, same old, same old, man. Always make sure you check OBR daily because we're always in the forums trying to be active, having a little fun. We're trying to get, trying to get new content out with you for every week, every day, actually, depending on who's writing. And uh, I know it's a slog a little bit this time of year, but believe us, we, we love covering this team. We love just talking football, and we it's an absolute pleasure that we get to do both when it comes to the OBR forums and the OBR content. So thank you, as always, for listening and reading our stuff. Listen, I got nothing to add to that. Shout out to Sobo for the fantastic close. We will be back tomorrow, guys. Catch you then. And as usual, go Browns.